What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello, and welcome to VEASAN's Long Shots. It is Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin coming to you. And guys... We have us a tour champion the entire season, played down to the best 30 players. And with that, Victor Hoblin comes out on top, $18 million richer for the 25-year-old. And Wes, this is one of those guys that for the last couple of years, it was not necessarily looked at like a Tony Finau, but it was definitely a guy that continued to pepper the top 10 but for whatever reason, he would have that bad couple of stretches of holes and just wouldn't be able to get into the winner's circle. He was a, a consistent performer on a week-in, week-out basis, but it seemed like he was one of those guys when we talked about win equity, maybe he wasn't going to be able to get over the hump. And here we are. Here we are. Yes, limited fields. Yes, no cuts. I get all of that. But two weeks in a row, he goes out against the very best players on the tour and gets wins. And I, I look at Victor Hovland. The game has always been there. It was just, hey, can he go win these tournaments now? And and I will look into next season as a guy considering him right up there with the Schefflers and the Roms and the the guys that I look at that are actual killers whenever they get on a Sunday. Yeah, I, I got asked by that actually by Gil Alexander on a numbers game right here on Beeson. It's like, when do you think he's going to start winning majors? I'm like, next year. Yeah. <laughs> you probably, yeah. you probably <laughs> want to have some kind of master's price. Uh, on him or some kind of exposure because I don't think that that price is necessarily going to lengthen very much just uh, based on uh, when the market comes out. But yeah, led the field for strokes. He ain't off the tee. I think he was fifth on approach. Uh, I ended up getting a chop, man, because the guy wouldn't go away at a two shot lead with three to play. Cause I had Xander Shoffley for the low 72 Hovland birdie 16 and 17. And it's like, okay, let's start engraving the trophy. But Yeah. <laughs> He's he's played like the best player in the world uh, it really in the last month or so. And uh, I think he's right in there, not to spoil what we're doing later this week with our little long shots awards, but he's right in there in the player of the year discussion, I think, uh, of what he's emerged at. He's improved around the green. He still has some improving to do, but he's just a more confident player now. I think winning that memorial where – it looked like, okay, it looked pretty bleak. And then he just kind of hung in there and grinded it out and found himself in a playoff, beat Denny McCarthy in that playoff. I think that gave him the confidence because he had won on the PGA Tour before, but it had always been at like, you know, Mayakoba or <laughs> Puerto Rico or, you know, the Hero World Challenge or something like that. He had never won in the continental United States. And then finally to win Jack's event, you saw a more confident guy, I think, throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, Kelly, we uh, take a look at we take a look at the the the, the way that this thing ended out, and, and Wes just mentioned. I mean, look, Xander Shoffley goes out, 
goes incredibly low, just unfortunately was not able to gain any ground because despite the fact he went eight under, Victor still goes out and goes seven under, right? So it never, the 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 win was really never in doubt there for Victor. It did, it did slim up to three at one point. Victor made a big par putt that saved everything. And then from that point on, you kind of felt like the title was going to be his, but it was, you know, very, very little drama there on Sunday. But, you know, sometimes I actually appreciate that, that a guy that's in the lead goes out and just handles business. And that's really what Victor did. Yeah, and tip the cap to both you guys getting bets home on the final uh, final tournament of the year. Matt, I know you uh, it was just Scheffler and Hovland for you with, with the <laughs> with the start, starting strokes. And Wes, like you said, you were able to chop in the best seven, top seventy two market. So uh, good good on both of you guys. Uh, only a few bets for me, but they both went all went by the wayside uh, this week. Yeah, I, I think the I think Hovland talking post round was interesting too, Matt. Because j- just going back to what you were talking about, Wes, I, I think this is just a a more mentally mature guy that we're seeing now. And it was, um, you know, I think one of the things that I've always loved about him, and Matt, I know you and I have talked about this on other shows throughout the past couple of years too, of the, you know, that personality. And he always looks like he's actually having a good time out on the golf course. Unlike, uh, you know, Terrell Hatton, who I love too, but he's cussing at himself after every, yeah. every missed shot, right? Like Vic's always got that energy, but even there's been times for, for myself where I've had bets on him in the past. And it's like, you know, he sails one over the green and he's kind of chuckling about it. And you're like, come on, man. Like, well, you know, get back into the game a little bit more. I got money on you. Like you got money at stake, but no, I think the, you know, listen to him talk post round and um, you know what he was going into the final round mentally approach where he was, he knew what the lead was and what it meant and how he thought, Hey, if he just went and played steady golf, made pars, he could win. And, and, you know, he mentioned it like it was Xander got in his head. About, yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. back nine started and it was, okay, like I got to start thinking about making some birdies here and not just pars. And I think the fact that you're talking about a player with the, we know the skill level he has, but just mentally to be able to go into this kind of, this kind of final round with a, with a game plan and then change it, change it kind of mid round and finish the way that he did. I damn impressive. The two, um, two of the best weeks of golf I've seen out of Victor Hovland and in his career and, yeah, man, I, I think he's got to be near the top of your li- to top of everybody's list when you're looking at guys to circle for next season. Wes, certainly we take a look at the final leaderboard, and there were, I think, a couple of surprises. First and foremost, the fact that Scotty Scheffler really just never got it going, um, finishes T6 despite the fact, uh, and 11 under total, despite the fact he started at 10 under. So really only one under for the entire tournament for Scotty Scheffler. The putter failed him yet again. Got to figure that he is going to do nothing but putt over the offseason and trying to figure out what's what's going on there. This was another very, very poor performance for him. He had gone back to that blade putter, and even though he was trying that spider out for the last couple of weeks, just didn't work for him. And, man, he was just absolutely atrocious on the greens. You see John Rahm struggle a little bit as well out there. I think that was kind of at least a little bit surprising to me along the way. You have Rory go in, another top five for Rory. That's 10 top tens in a row for Rory McIlroy on the tour, despite the fact that he came in injured in this one with a little bit of a back injury and stuff. So I don't, I'm not surprised by Rory gutting it out and getting inside that top five. I am at least a little bit surprised that, that Scotty and Rom both struggle. I think we can always guess that maybe one of the two might not get it going, but you never expect for both of the guys to struggle, but that's what we got this week. 
Yeah, John Rahm, 18th uh, uh, here, a four over on a Sunday. A uh, couple guys that really started well, too, that just had disappointing rounds that probably should have finished better than they did. Morikawa, yeah. Adam Shank. Adam Shank made a real mess of the uh, back nine and cost himself a lot of money. But nevertheless, you know, in all the majors next year, still seeking that first win. Keegan Bradley, he started off well, had a tough Sunday round. But what I've been noticing, too, because I've been monitoring this Ryder Cup price. And this is narrowed on the Europeans. Keep in mind, the Americans have not won over there on European soil in 30 years. And remember, USA was over $2. But now you have some doubts, even with some of the top players, with how Scotty has putted, who, of course, has one of the six spots wrapped up. By the way, Tuesday night, I believe, is when Zach Johnson is going to make his uh, captain's picks. And then the Europeans, Luke Donald's going to do it next week. But that European price is all of a sudden narrowed because it seems like you got a core eight and then you're going to fill it out with rookies probably for the last four captains picks. But yeah, a lot of guys, you know, kind of struggling at the end of the season on both sides. I think John Rahm very much a struggle the last two months of the season. So we'll see how they turn it around for the Ryder cup. Uh, you know, who's going to play maybe at the Fortnet on the PGA tour side, who's going to play on the DP world T tour side over in Europe and see if uh, they get that game into shape. Uh, still a battle for that final spot, by the way, which is why Matt Fitzpatrick is actually playing at the European Masters in Switzerland, our our, our lovely Swiss Alps course that we want to do a remote yeah. from. Yeah, Matt Fitzpatrick's going to play this week because he wants to get that auto-qualifying spot from Tommy Fleetwood. I think both those guys are on the team, though. Yeah, it's and Kelly. One final thought here, just on the on the tour championship in general, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but for me, I like the rewarding of the guys. But it's one of those things like old school back in the day, like poker tournaments used to be way too top heavy, and then there was like little incentive, like as you got a little bit further down the line and stuff. And like I feel like the eighteen to six and a half from first to second, like would we be really been out of shape if first place got? 12 million and then there was right. six more million like six right. more million dollars to like spread out across the, and like make it a little bit more interesting a little bit more drama where each place actually is a decent little pay jump and it's not these like little twenty thousand dollar bumps once we get lower in the pay scale because like again you saw these guys and like towards the end it didn't really matter one way or the other right i mean it was just only the guys that are in the top 10 where there's significant pay jumps like I don't think these guys are going to complain about first being 12 and six more million dollars is like spread out into the prize pool and maybe makes this a little bit more interesting come Sunday, just from a monetary standpoint. Like we don't have to work like even if the, even if the result is already decided kind of like it was with this one with Victor Hovland, like at least add some intrigue, right. With the more than yeah. more pay jumps, more guys like going back, by the way, you know, this is a half million dollar putt. This guy's about to hit, you know, mm -hmm. like this is a million dollar putt. This guy's about to hit. That, that could make at least Sundays a little more interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you there. The I, I mean, I, I think, I, I believe I'm, I'm looking at this right. The, I mean, the money that Victor Hovland won in the, in the past two weeks alone <laughs> jumps him to the top of the money, I mean, to the top of the money list for the year, just in those two tournaments. So, um, yeah, I think there's, I think, I think that's a fair case, Matt. Um, I think there's also too much, I think there's too much points being rewarded in those first two playoff events too. I, I think that's a little out of control because um, I think it, it just where you could posi position yourself in those starting strokes, just having two good weeks in a row, it just, 
I think it matters a little too much probably. And I'm with you. I'd spread out the money a little bit. I I don't want to be the guy that complains about the format too much though, right. because I feel like there's I feel like there's a ton of complaints without a lot of good solutions that I've no, seen no. Re- presented. I- you know? I think the format's fine. Like rewarding yeah. guys. I just yeah. think like from a monetary standpoint, like, right. Hey, look, like at least, you know, stretch it out a little bit. Cause again, like we, we were talking about it in, even in the preview pod West where it's like, like 16th to 30th was only like a $200,000 difference. And so it's kind of like, there's not a lot of incentive to, to go and try and do something crazy or whatever. But like you, if you could add, if you could spread six more million dollars out across the prize pool, again, I don't think the guys are going to complain at first is 12. I mean, again, maybe I'm wrong, but even if it was 15 and there was three more million that spread, I mean, still there's, that's a lot of cash that can make this at least a little more interesting. Yeah, I think so too. And it feels like, Hey, to make the top 30, which is like a hell of an accomplishment. I mentioned (laughs) Adam, I mentioned Adam Shank earlier. Like that's a hell of a season for a guy Mm -hmm. that, you know, has kind of been struggling a little bit on tour. And it's like, if he finishes 30, if he gets $500,000, you feel like he should get a little bit more. But uh, to Kelly's point really quickly on the format, I understand, you know, when you're watching this, because even I said something, I was like, man, this would be cool if Xander and Victor were actually tied and like coming down the stretch here, but now it's over. But I don't have a better solution because I know people will suggest match play, which Dell match play, by the way, is going away next year. Uh, Unfortunately, I wish we did have a match play event, but it's like we've done this all this season and now you're even making a different format. So it's like okay, I was number one in the points all year and busted my ass in all these different events and making cuts and contending. And then all of a sudden I lose randomly in a match because that can happen. You know, well, the pl- number plus, 30 guy can beat the number one guy. Right. And plus, like, if you're thinking about a bracket setup, right, it's like, what? so what happens if we're, we're talking, you know, go back to what I was talking about with the points being rewarded in those first two events. So, like, what, Scotty Scheffler next year has a bad couple weeks, right? And he's, like, 30th, the 30th seed or whatever. Like, that. that's not much of a bonus. You got to no, play, you know, that no. So, so I, I don't really know. It's not the perfect format, but I don't really know what they can do because the main yeah. reason they do this, of course, and we talked about this last week, FedEx wants their award of man and they spend a lot of money on this tour yes, and yes. they, they want their champion to matter. They don't want it to be like Justin Rose sheepishly getting a trophy and $10 million when everybody's like, Oh, tiger, 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 because he won the tour championship. Yeah. So, I mean, this is probably this is better than that. Can, this is yeah. better than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. I mean, I wish that they would have a match play, but I don't know if they could do this at the end of the year. That seems to be unfair to a lot of the players. Over on the Ryder Cup side of things, Wes, you talked about this. USA minus 140 over at DraftKings. Europe plus 150 over at DraftKings. If we kind of look at the depth, Kelly, I think that the U.S. team is certainly deeper than what the what the rest of world team is going to be putting out there. That said, now that you add Victor Hovland in the conversation, you could arguably say that the European side is it has more has more top heaviness to it with Rom with Rory with Victor now at this point if you want to kind of add in some of these other guys that we know um that are I, I don't say necessarily that they're win equity we kind of talk about their win equity on a week to week basis on the PGA tours and all that high but still really good players I think like they're top heavy and then maybe not so much towards the bottom but uh the depth of the US team is probably a little bit better. I like the price still at 140. I would still bet it on the U.S. side of things. I still think that that depth will come into play here, and I do think that some of these guys that have struggled at least a little bit towards the end of the season, take a few weeks off, kind of regroup, like get your head back together, and then I think that the U.S. is still the right side here, but I know there's some people who are really looking at the uh, at the European side. 
Yeah, the uh, I want to say it was only three, four weeks ago that I, I made a pretty bullish claim on a numbers game that I would be loading up pretty heavily on, on the USA <laughs> side because of a lot of the things that you just said. I Yeah, I think the last couple of weeks have, uh, have changed my mind a bit. I didn't make a bet then, and, and I'm glad I didn't because obviously the price is better now, but... Uh, I got to reevaluate that, and, and I'm with you, Matt. I might just still, I might still end up with something on him before, uh, before the tournament, or I might just be bet, bet matches in the mm-hmm. tournament. I do think that this, I think this price is pretty right, spot on right now. I think, like you guys are talking about, I think the top end of the top top end of the European side is, you know, has very few question marks, right? I mean, we're, I'm talking like Rory, Rory, Vic, and then like Rom three, right? Like where you could start yeah. having some questions about John freaking Rom, but he's third on that team. And I, you know, almost anywhere you go with t- Team USA, it's like, all right, well, there's, you know, like who's been the most solid? You know, it's like Wyndham Clark, like you're probably, mm-hmm. you know, one of the most consistent best guys that's at the top there. Like, yeah, I, I'd be a little, I think I'm a little bit more shaky on, mm-hmm. on this US team now, you know, over just over the co- course of the past few weeks compared to what, Europe's lining up like so. I'm interested to see where this market moves, but right now, I think that price is per- is pretty spot on both sides. Wes, what do you think here? I mean, like we don't know the team quite yet, and I'm certain I know that that will sway our opinion at least yeah. a little bit. Are we are we going the camaraderie aspect of things? Are we going just the guys that we think are the absolute best players aspect of everything? So I know we we're, we will say right now our thoughts with the caveat that we can change our thoughts once the team is actually announced. But how do you feel kind of about the price that's out there right now? Yeah, I think it's fair. And in terms of what I think that the U.S. team is going to be, much has been made of the fact that Xander Schauffele got the last automatic spot, knocked Brooks kept out i think brooks kept is going to be on this team mm-hmm. i don't think that they're going to leave him off uh i uh, you know performed it as well as he did in two majors you know a runner-up and a win you know hardly can get better than that so i think he's going to be on i think jordan spieth it's pretty sure he's going to be on even though he did not play great at the uh at, at east lake this weekend morikawa i think probably makes his way on god it's hard to leave off a two-time 25 year old major winner in in, in a rider cup so i think he'll be on and that's where you get to the back end of the team uh i actually think justin thomas gonna be put on this team because of the experience and because of the camaraderie he is playing the fortinet in a couple weeks that he usually rarely plays and i think there's a reason he's playing because it's Mm -hmm. like hey man i'm gonna pick you you know tidy up let's work on some things i think ricky fowler makes the team nobody says camaraderie like ricky fowler everybody loves ricky now who's gonna be the last guy is it gonna be sam burns is it gonna be keegan bradley yeah is it gonna be tony finau I kind of think the, Russell Henley perhaps has made a case. So who's going to be that last guy? Because the Europeans, if you look at who's playing this week in the European Masters, these are guys all fighting for those picks. The the Hoygaards and Alexander Bjork and, you know, those type of guys, Victor Perez, Robert McIntyre, Adrian Moronk. Those are the names that you Ludwig Aberg as well, uh, the, the Swede that got on to PGA Tour U. So, you know, we'll see what Donald's decision is. And that's why I look at the pairings to say, okay, who's he playing with? Because he wants to keep an eye on some of these guys he might pick. But I think that this is fair just with not knowing the guys. But we'll know Team USA tomorrow night when uh, Zach Johnson makes his picks. Yeah, I I heard on golf radio. I was listening to golf radio today on the way home from the gym. And I don't remember which show it was, but whoever was the host saying he is hearing rumors and chatter 
that Scotty Scheffler is lobbying very hard for his buddy Sam Burns to be on the team. And that, an uh, <laughs> and that, and that, you know, when you are the number one player in the world and uh, you, you kind of carry that going into it, that, that may or may not have some sway, but I'm certainly guessing it's not getting discarded. Hey, he, anyway. he won a match play too. He yeah. beat Scotty yeah. Scheffler actually in that match play in Austin, beat Cameron Young in the final. Mm-hmm. I neglected to mention him. Cameron Young, I think, is in the mix because everybody remembers what Freddie Couple said, who's one of the assistant captains a few weeks ago, that like Cameron Young, yeah, he's on the team. I'm not so sure about that. Some mm-hmm. some big name is getting left off this U.S. team though. Yeah, I, I would love to see Keegan Obviously, you guys know that. King. I would love yeah. to see Keegan on there. And Russell Henley. I think Russell Henley deserves it from what he's done recently. I have a feeling we're not going to see either guy make it, though. Is that your, that's your, that's where you're going with all, that's your final prediction? That's my, that's my prediction. I, I, I think, Wes, I think you're right. There'll probably be one big name. Like, I think Cameron Young, I don't think he should be on the team. I don't I think, think he should I be on the Tony team. I think Tony Finau is getting left off, too. And, 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 and I think that you could definitely make a case for to, leaving Tony Finau off. So I don't know, but I, I think it will be. I guess I'll be surprised if both those guys get left off. And I guess it's one of those. I guess one of those things, though. If Scotty Sheffield walks into the room and he sits down, and he goes, "Put Sam on the team. You can just pair him up with me. We'll go out and we'll kick everybody's ass every single time. Like you don't have to worry about anything else. Like me and him play together all the time. Well, we know each other's game better than anybody. Like we'll like whatever. Like, that probably carries a lot of weight, right? Well, I think, I think carries some, a lot of weight. Matt, I think there's something to it in the sense that not only does it carry a lot of weight, right? But if if Zach Johnson is struggling over this decision as much as, you know, we all want to talk about who all it could be, right? It kind of makes his decision easier, right? Like, okay, Scotty told me he wants Burns. Great. Like, I I was on the fence about him anyways. That makes that one pick easier. So, yeah, I do. I think there is a better chance. Like, I think there's something, too. And I I don't know if the betting markets are still up. Like, I I know Bet365 had one up about making the Ryder Cup team. I checked this morning, though, and that was down. I don't really know if there's anywhere to bet it yet. But, like, yeah, I think that kind of – Thinking and logic actually could lead to a bet on Sam Burns to make it. I don't think it would be a bad bet. And you already have a couple of the teams set up, too, because Cantlay and Shoffley are going to play together mm-hmm. in every session. Right. They're right. arguably the best team on the team. Uh, Homakawa, Max mm-hmm. Homakawa and Marikawa will probably play together. Assuming Thomas makes a team, Thomas and Spieth yep. together. Ricky and Brooks Kepka, they both play down there at, at, at Medalist, down there at Jupiter. So I could and Seminole as well. So I could see them as a team together. Scheffler Burns, though, because that's the thing. Who's the partner for Scotty Scheffler? Right. You know, is it going to be like Brian Harmon or Wyndham Clark? I don't know. Maybe they just put those two guys together. Yeah, I think they Clark, do. Clark the 20, more of a bomber. Randoms, yeah. yeah, Clark's <laughs> a bomber, and Harmon's a straight, a straight hitting guy. So Scheffler Burns, I think, would be probably the more effective team. Yeah, you go Scheffler Burns and then the number two and number three in the Ryder Cup rankings of we did not expect you to be here. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where Harvard the hell did you come from? That's throwing yeah. a monkey wrench in this whole thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, with, yeah. With Where these the hell guys. did you come from? Seriously, yeah. <laughs> uh, they would love to not have to, they would love to not have to have Brian Harmon part of this. That's like, but like I the know, things that, the True things sure, like behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes, they would love to have Brian Harmon not how part many of this. How many sessions yeah. does he sit? Because uh, <laughs> we were talking about that with the Solheim Cup on the LPGA side today it's like okay how do you hide lexi thompson and danielle kang who aren't really playing very well right now yeah it'll be it'll be interesting stuff guys this is actually not going to be our last pod of the season we're going to come back not only will we be talking the Ryder cup a little bit closer to the time we are going to have some some fall pods as well but we'll be back a little bit later this week and we're going to talk just kind of our 
are awards, the long shot awards, if you will, player of the year, rookie of the year, most improved comeback player, tournament of the year, moment of the year, things like that, that really stood out to us and guys that, you know, along the way, we'd like to recognize for the, you know, their, their outstanding achievements so far over the course of the season. So what a little fun for us to end the season for sure. But guys, it has been awesome, awesome talking golf with you guys each and every week over the course of the year. It's a little bittersweet, but at the same time, I know we can all take a deep breath and start to look at, uh, you know, at, at other things we here. We weren't happy a, about not having to look yeah, at odds this week. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I know people, uh, I know the people that appreciate what we do. We we hear you guys loud and clear out there on the Twitter machine. Do appreciate all the kind words. I know a lot of people out there think that all we do is just, uh, you know, just pick names out of a hat and then that's what we do each and every week. This, I can assure you, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of research. Yeah. It's a lot of pouring over numbers and it's a lot, and it's not very glamorous either. If you look at my, if you look at my home office on any given Monday and Tuesday night, it's just spreadsheets and numbers and things that, <laughs> yeah, you know, yes. that a lot of people don't want to, don't want to deal with and, and things like that. But listen, I'm, I'm happy that we were able to have another winning season this year, looking forward to, to kind of carrying this over. I think we learned at least a little bit this year, but you know, it's a challenge for us next year as well, which I think is interesting. Has, has me excited, right? We're going to have a whole bunch more no cut events. Yeah. We're going to have a whole much, you know, we're going to, we're going to be learning again uh, along the way next year. And, and Kelly, when I look at it like that, that, that gets me excited, right? That gets the juices flowing that when those start rolling around again, we're going to have to figure out how to tackle those things. Yeah. Yeah. It gets you excited. It, it, it gives me a, it, it, it pisses me off a bit, but kind of gets me that excited, like a new challenge. You know what I mean? Because it was, I think that was definitely a, a minefield that you had to figure out how to navigate this year with a little, with those added, uh, with the added elevated designated events. And we're going to get, yes, more, more of that type of stuff and no cut stuff next year. And it, it's just a, it's a different betting process uh, for me. And, and yeah. like you said, Matt, it's one that we're, we're working through ourselves. So it's, it's something that, uh, yeah, it, as stuff continues to change, we have to continue to tweak and change our processes. And we're going to be doing a whole lot of that next season. I, but, I got asked about that actually by Gil uh, this morning on a numbers game. It's like, where are we next year with everything going on in the game of golf? And I had to give a non-definitive answer. I'm like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know where we're going to be. I don't know if, if, if live is going to still exist. Uh, the PIF guy seems to think, Hey, we're still in this for the long haul. And then a lot of the people on the other side are kind of like, yeah, this is going to be absorbed. Now we're going to have <laughs> operational control. So yeah. there, there are constantly moving parts with this thing, with this, you know, deal that came out that, you know, is apparently not done because you hear different stuff about it every single day. Yeah, and so we're 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 gonna monitor as close as we can all off season long any rumors, any, anything we hear. Like we said, we're we're gonna continue to touch base even on the weeks where there aren't tournaments, be it an interview or just kind of giving general thoughts on the industry as a whole as we as we collectively shift into what is the monster and the brutal uh, NFL season for us because uh, all all attention has to shift towards that if we're going to try and make some money over in the NFL and college football as well. But Wes Kelly, it's been a pleasure, fellas, and uh, we'll be yep. back a little bit later in the week with our awards. Hopefully, I can't say good luck on all your bets because there's no bets to be made this week, but hopefully you made some <laughs> money on your bets this past week and tune in for the Long Shots Awards a little bit later. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.